to be able to look at the back end of other people's companies and to be able to say, hey, one piece that you're missing that this company that's twice your size has. You have to make sure you've got people surrounding you that are walking your same path, um, have the same values, have the same belief system, but it's a bunch of like, nobody's throwing people under the bus here, right? We're taking accountability, having the right conversations, but in that moment, you step up. That's the hard part. You actually yeah. do know a ton of stuff. Yeah. So yeah. it's hard to listen to somebody else. Hey, how's it going? It's Tim Brown and this is the Hook Better Leads podcast. And today I have Sarah and Dominic of Frazier Roofing. How are you guys doing? Good. Thank you. How are you doing today? Doing very well. We are talking about when to add different layers of management and we're going to be talking about systems and processes. When is too much? We're going to talk about working with your spouse. Yeah. Super fun, right? <laughs> And so many other things. So I'm going to pick their brains and you guys have a pretty successful business just so people can hear you. I know this is awkward, but can I get a sense of the scale of the operation? Sure. Um, I think that this year we'll probably finish a little over $30 million. Um, we've got, I think, six different territories spread out over Georgia, South Carolina, and uh, Jacksonville, Florida. And then we do roof in other states as well where we have some licenses, but that's where we have our um, main offices. And then we're headquartered in Lawrenceville, Georgia, which is the office we're in here. Perfect. And could I just get your guys' personal backgrounds and how you got into all this in a minute or two? I know that's quick, but I just sure. give the, the background. Yeah, you want to go? Sure. Yeah. I, I was a jumper. I, I started off in the cruise industry. I owned a smoothie franchise. I did, I failed at a lot of different things, uh, all sales. I owned an Irish pub, and when I was about 35 years old, so I got in the game late, I was praying to God at this Irish pub, please get me out of here before this kills me. And Hurricane Katrina hit. Buddy of mine called me up, said, Dominic, do you speak Spanish? I was like, mas o menos. So I kind of BSed, and... Uh, I ended up down there doing Katrina for FEMA, putting blue tarps on, and the, the rest is history. Yeah, so um, my dad actually was a commercial roofer, um, and so it was kind of funny when I met Dominic, I didn't tell either of them what the other one did. Um, but uh, over the years, I was in corporate America for probably like 17 years, but then we had a shift with our family, and we really felt like um, we were being pulled to work together. And um, so I jumped ship over to Fraser Roofing maybe like six years ago or so and um, just kind of brought my what I'd learned in corporate America to this business. And we've been a pretty good team for a while. I love that. So adding layers of management, what would you say you guys have as amount of layers in the company? And and let's talk about like when it's appropriate to add those and and I guess if you've ever added any too soon. Sure. Um, so I would say we kind of have three buckets right now. We have like ownership and then our director of operations, her name is Connie. Um, she is tucked up under that. So the three of us really lead, do a lot of the leadership um, from, from the very top. And then we have a layer of territory managers who manage each of those six locations that I mentioned. Um, and then we have some support staff in the office as well. And then we have our sales team. So maybe that's like three and a half because I kind of took up that territory manager slash office staff in a similar, I guess, layer. Um, but yeah, that's kind of what we've got. 
And mm -hmm. um, I would say that we probably have not ever added too soon. <laughs> if anything, okay. we've been a victim of adding too late. Okay. Um, yeah. Because you don't always know when you're scaling, you don't always know when to bring that next person on because you're so used to doing everything yourself. And you're mm -hmm. like, no, no, I got one more thing. I got one more thing. And then you realize that you're up at three in the morning and then up again at six in the morning and you can't run like that forever. Um, so, yeah. yeah. It kind of ends up being like just a response to being about to break down sometimes. Yes. Adding, adding a manager or help. Yes. So I'd say that's what happened several years ago. And yeah. then um, Dominic had the foresight to say, we need some help. <laughs> so yeah. not only did we hire, um, like I mentioned, Connie, she's been with us for a while now um, and has really helped institute a lot of the processes that we have. Um, and uh, also a lot of my um, maybe control issues that, you know, it's hard to trust, especially when it's your business and you're like, well, who do you bring in? Who do you let come alongside you? So she really helped break down some of those barriers that I had. Dominic's really good at delegating. Um, it was something that I had to learn. Um, but we've built a really amazing team um, who've really come alongside. And now we really do actively try to get ahead of it. So what we did with some business coaching several years ago was like, hey, we don't know how to run a $5 million, $7 million. As we've grown, we're like, we need help understanding what goes into this type of an operation. So I credit Dominic with saying, hey, we need to get some help early yeah. on so that we weren't too far behind the eight ball. And then once we were kind of, I'd say, caught up and ahead of it, at least being coached, they gave us some really great feedback. You know, it was up to us to pull the trigger on some things, but it was like, hey, we've seen this be a challenge. And then this is a good way to solve that challenge through some of their other observations in coaching, and they were able to pass down that knowledge to us, which really helped. Man, it's so funny how many people on the internet are really negative about coaches and gurus in the roofing industry. Has that been your experience? Like, uh, it sounds like it hasn't, but I'm, I guess it's a leading question, but. <laughs> you wanna? No, I could, I could see a, you know, when we brought in the coaching, that's when we really started to grow. Uh, Nathan Thibodeau, in, in particular, at Contractor Coach Pro, uh, we were about, at that time, like, I think a, a seven-ish. I, I don't even know. We were somewhere between, like, three and five and on our way to seven, maybe. I'm not even yeah. sure. But I tell you what, when he came in, because we didn't know what we didn't know, but when he came in and kind of dissected us and coached us up, you know, just like a, a football coach just looking at us like, man, I really recommend you play this. Like, this yeah. is the play you should play. And that particular play, when he came in, was called the hero sales culture. And he warned me. He's like, Dominic, Sarah, when you bring this in, you're going to lose some of your top guys. And lo and behold, we implemented this hero sales culture and we lost some of our top guys. But guess what? It just, we set the tone, the hero sales culture. And it just, we doubled that year. Yeah. Um, so coaching has, yeah, coaching has definitely helped us out along with Jim Johnson. Reggie Brock is our mentor. Like we lean on Reggie. Yeah. Um, and uh, it's helped us tremendously. It's funny to think about, you know, people are negative about these coaches, but I always think about it. Even the ones that are a little like, I, I get it. I get it. It's like people that, are, that haven't run 
a roofing company sometimes or like at the size that you're trying to build. But what you see is that they're in the back end looking at a bunch of other people's systems and processes. And they're just like, hey, I saw it over here. You know what I mean? That's a beautiful thing to be able to look at the back end of other people's companies and to be able to say, hey, one piece that you're missing that this company that's twice your size has. It's like, that's the one thing I get that it's hard to listen to people sometimes that haven't done what you're trying to do. But that's the part where I would say maybe don't write it off completely. And I have a coach and I'm and he's never run an agency, but he has worked with a ton of other companies similar to mine. And I'm, I'm grateful for the wisdom and I, I listen and I listen as closely as I can. Well, I think it's just the element of bringing in a different perspective. Now it helps if it's like, Hey, run this playbook, but you also mm -hmm. have to find personalities that match yours. And there's, I would say of all the things that are out there in life, all the different coaches or whatever it is, what is the saying? There's more than one way to skin a cat, right? Yeah. So yeah. you have to find what thing works for you because I really think that the way that Dominic and I do things is it, it wouldn't be successful in other places necessarily. Mm -hmm. Like maybe some of the foundational stuff and some of the framework of it. Yeah. But at the end of the day, each business has its own personality, its own culture, all the things, and not everybody wants to be the same thing. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So you have to make sure you've got people surrounding you that are walking your same path, um, have the same values, have the same belief system, you know, for the most part. And then it's great to have some other people who, you know, don't necessarily fit because they bring in different perspective, which makes you think, right? You don't always have to do what they say, but at least it gets you thinking and brainstorming. And I think that's the value of just having wise counsel. We, we call it seeking wise counsel um, and surrounding I needed, yourself. I needed the high school football coach vibe. So mm -hmm. I just, I sat out a coach with that vibe because I can't listen. I'm bad at listening. Right. And I needed somebody to kind of yell at me a little bit sure. every once in a while. Yep. Yep. And that's another reason we had Reggie Brock into our office recently. Mm -hmm. And it's just also a different perspective. Like it, mm -hmm. it, it helped our team feel a different perspective. And I think it was really good for them. And once again, a little bit different than we're, we're all kind of soft around here, you know what I mean? But he's a little bit more like intense and I, I, we needed that. And I just like, um, yeah, like you said, different perspectives and we have a hard time listening. I don't know. I, it's just the, the, the pride of thinking, you know, stuff, you know, and it's like, I, it is, it is hard. Cause when you, when you've done something, I think that a lot of people that go to that like $5 million mark, think they know something. Contractors love the catch-all because it makes every single one of their roof builds easier and more profitable. Protective netting wraps facade and landscaping to prevent from left-behind nails and damage. Homeowner referrals bring you more jobs and insurance supplements bring you more profits. But my favorite part, the branding. Well, they've made it usually that far, right? Yeah. So they must know a little something. Yeah, they really do. No, farm. you do know Either something. Way. That's the hard part. You actually yeah. do know a ton of stuff. Yeah. So yeah. it's hard to listen to somebody else. Yeah. And that's, I mean, we talk a lot about self-awareness and that's a hard thing for a lot of people, um, you know, to kind of step back from yourself and go, okay, I don't know what I don't know. And then, you know, being open to that. It's just, it's practice. Mm -hmm. Listening takes practice, I think. Totally. And, you know, that comes with either failure and you're like, okay, I finally hit my rock bottom. I need help. 
or sometimes it's the, hey, I've learned over time that I'm better when I am asking more questions or that. And even though we, I think, practice it quite a bit in our marriage and our business, we try to practice it in lots of different places. We still, you know, mess it up or forget about it or, you know, you get busy and all of a sudden you're like, wait a minute, I haven't like... I haven't thought anything about anything else but what I think is best in a while. So it's that self-awareness that comes with going, hold up. I might not be where I need to be. So let's restart. Is there such a thing as too much process and systems? I think so. Um, Analysis paralysis. Yeah. Holy smokes. Like I'm a, if you ever do like, you ever heard of the Colby scores? Like the Colby tests? No, is that like a personality thing? Personality yeah, test? Sarah, Sarah, explain that to them. Um, so, yeah, it's one of the many different things that you can do, right? But it talks mostly about like cognitive, like how you're hardwired to respond to things. Mm -hmm. um, so it's a little bit different than like a Myers-Briggs and some of those things. It's, it's another layer of getting to know yourself. So we actually did it as a leadership team um, with our territory managers. Um, several months ago when we had Ignite Consulting come in to talk to us about hiring and just some other process things. Mm -hmm. um, and so it really gave our leadership team some foundation that we didn't have before um, together, I guess, to talk about how we interact, right? So like- Dr. Jessica Stahl, right? With yeah, yeah, Dr. Jessica, right? Yeah, yeah she's amazing. Her recently, very smart. Super awesome. And she brought in, so she works with some people who do Colby. And then this girl's name was Erica who came and led this with our group. And she was great too. Um, yeah. So we learned, we already kind of knew each other's personalities just from knowing each other for several years, but we got to learn about like one of our territory managers is pretty much opposite of me. I'm a fact finder and I'm a low risk person, right? I like to gather all my facts. I like to then tell everybody the 23rd things that I've learned. Um, but then if I'm talking to someone who is a low fact finder, for example, right, then they're like, I just want to hear your top two to three things. Like if you tell me 20, I'm going to shut down and just explode, right? So now I've learned when I'm talking to that particular person, I've got to sort through my 20 things that I think are awesome and be like, what do I really need him to know? Like, what are my top two to three things? so that he can execute what it is I actually need him to do. And so when we were talking about that as a team, it was just awesome. And then we had our, we just did a training for our entire sales team and we had everybody on our team, office staff, everyone take the Colby. And, um, and so- we, and Sorry to interrupt. And we have like a scouting report. So when you're talking to somebody, you already know who you're dealing with and like, oh, maybe I need to approach it this way instead of just being a bull in a, I'm a bull in a China shop, like, let's go. So yeah. it's like a, a scouting report on your entire team and it's, it, the communication is way, way better. Right. So well, anyways, that was kind of a tangent maybe, but, um, no, that was really tangent. helpful. Mm -hmm. Um, what level do you, what level of management are people at when they start helping make processes? Um, I mean, we're always open and receptive to feedback, right? So if the salesperson's out in the field, like, hey, I ran into this, or our quality control manager is like, hey, I keep seeing this, we've certainly made some changes recently based on some of these positions are new, are new and what we thought was gonna happen didn't happen. So we're like, ooh, how do we tweak? How do we change? So like at anyone, for us, we're open to whatever the feedback is to try to see what needs to change. 
Um, but I would say where we really start making changes and processes that next level, that territory manager level, or even in our office staff, like our, um, you know, finance manager who does all of the like bookkeeping and accounting and stuff like that, our production managers, you know, they have input too if they need, if they're seeing things over and over again and might institute something. And then ultimately it's up to Dominic, myself and Connie to really decide. Um, but we take feedback from all the levels and all the people. When is it time to rearrange people? Let's say a sales manager. That is a really good question. <laughs> um, and I'll let, I'll just say we're not great at it um, yet. It's something that we're actually trying to get better at because yeah. we have some interesting things. We don't do things, like I said, that I would say most normal people do. Um, we don't have quotas, for example, that people have to meet necessarily. Okay. We, I'm sorry to interrupt. And we've, we've gotten criticized by some of our coaches like, dude, you have to have minimums. You have to have minimums. Like, no, nah, yeah. we don't, you know, so good. <laughs> So yeah. we do some things at the beginning of every year about like, what are people's financial goals? Cause we realize there's someone who might need to make this amount and some people might want to make a million dollars, right? Whatever it is, there's an extreme, maybe just from A to Z, right? And it, no judgment, it's fine, whatever. But so we like to work within those parameters and then set goals around that. So I say that to say, um, it's tough for us to go, okay, when is someone like not meeting their own expectations that they set and those conversations yeah. and that accountability. So that's one thing more on the sales side. And then, you know, there are some things that we've created new positions and those things are either being tweaked. We always start with feedback and we always start with what is it that we didn't do from a leadership standpoint, meaning did we not communicate enough? Did we not really set the clearest of expectations and guidelines? Did we not give you like, a checklist of things that we wanted you to do, right? Because mm -hmm. sometimes you start somewhere and you think someone's got a handle on something, but they're not maybe on your same page. So then it's like, okay, we well, can be a high performer, but they don't know your way. Sure, mm -hmm. right. It can be yeah. lots of things. So it's a lot of communication. Communication is key in every relationship. Mm -hmm. And I always tell all the, all the people on our team, like you can never over communicate. There's no such thing. Right. I mean, that might get annoying if you keep saying the same thing over and over. Right. But don't guess because you'll never you're only ever going to get in trouble, really, if you didn't say anything. <laughs> I would rather you say a lot and, and ask questions and be that person so that we all have clarity, um, because we can't assume, you know, what's in my head as much as I would love to just have, you know, what's in my head. It's impossible. So let's talk about rock star performers for a second if you have a rock star performer like so one of the things i always want to tell people on my team is like it's not just about being incredible it's about being and like doing selling a lot or doing a lot it's not just about being productive it's also about being productive and having good energy like i'll just give an example since jack is here my video guy is here um, yesterday he was shooting a commercial for our company and not only did he do a good job on the commercial, he managed other people's emotions. Well, oh, wow. like he, he had planned ahead and made sure that, he, you know, he was, he was stressed out before the situation, 
but during he was very calm and and kind of herded everyone else and didn't make his his stress other people's stress. And there's things sometimes with high performers. Do you ever get that? It's I don't, I don't want to say it like a negative because like, we talked about the the hero sales culture. How can you get people to understand it's not just about your performance, but it's also about your energy and how you're affecting the people around you? You took it. Okay. Um, so I don't know if you've ever listened to the hero sales culture before. I, and I have, happens. I have okay. just in person with, with him okay. doing the speech. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Yeah. So, I mean, we have everyone listen to that. Um, some of the people were there when we rolled everything out. So they kind of got to walk through how we laid this foundation years ago. And then, but anyone new who's joining the team, we have them listen to it. We go over it in our new uh, hire training as well. Um, so if there's a chance to, you know, ask questions for clarity, they can. But I think that that lays like the foundation of the expectation. Um, and then I will tell you, like, can you we have summarize had a... that real briefly. Oh, sure. Yeah. Um, so basically, uh, the way that Nathan breaks it down in an organization, there are especially ones that sales focused, right? That there are um, monkeys. <laughs> And they kind of just will equate that to order takers, right? They don't really do many things as far as like sales or anything. They, they just kind of like do what they're told, get it done, all that kind of stuff. So then we have prima donnas and they basically think everything's about them. Like, oh, this place would fail without the sales team and I'm amazing and it's really all about them, mm -hmm. right? And then you have people who are heroes and those are the people that stand in the gap. For, for anyone at any level, right? So if it's a salesperson, you know, and something goes wrong out in the field, uh, they're not like, oh my gosh, production didn't do this order right. I can't believe it. And the crew this and da-da-da, you know, they're blaming everybody else. Yeah. Instead, they're standing in the gap and they're like, okay, in their mind, they're like, it might have been a bad order. Maybe the crew didn't execute exactly, whatever it was, but they go to the homeowner and they're like, hey, I'm so sorry. Right. And they take the brunt of all that stuff. And then we we work together to fix it on the back end and we learn from our mistakes and all that kind of stuff. But it's a bunch of like nobody's throwing people under the bus here. Right. We're taking accountability, having the right conversations. But in that moment, you step up. Does your company want to build your brand and get more jobs in the neighborhoods you're currently working in? The brick by brick playbook allows you to establish your brand, your reputation and gain trust in any neighborhood in your service area with a series of four postcards sent once a week to the neighbors of your current jobs. If you want to get more work in the neighborhoods you're currently working in, get with the team at Dope Marketing and get your brick by brick playbook set up today. And I mean, I was also kind of trained this way just in corporate America too. Like a lot of my positions, I was the, I was the person who was going to receive the beat down. <laughs> so I just got really good at, you know, going, Hey, I accept this responsibility, right? And then it was my job to go back to our team and like help fix it, make it right. And then also be like, hey guys, like you left me out there. Hey, like, don't do that to me anymore, right? But we have those discussions in private as a team yeah. instead of in public airing our dirty laundry kind of a thing. Totally, so, that's a really good point. And I'll, I'll piggyback on that. We, we are really big on training, you know, hiring on attitude, training on skill. So some of our best guys have no knowledge, zero knowledge of roofing. Like our number one team right now, these two guys alone will do over 5 million. 
uh, Team Bro is what we call them, Big Roofs Only. Uh, Jeff Akdroff and Ryan. T- the one guy was a five-star concierge surfer in Hawaii, and the other guy was an executive chef before COVID. COVID knocked them out of their jobs. They came in, and those guys just had hero hearts. Give me the guys with the attitude and the hero hearts uh, other than – and we've turned away a lot of quote-unquote million-dollar producers. Oh, I'm a million-dollar producer. But the, they just have something off, and they have that – I don't know. It's kind of like an energy vampire vibe. Like they're, they're sucking the energy out of the room. And I'm like, get that guy out of here. Like we, we, don't, we don't put up with that. So uh, give me a hero all day long. Yeah, and I mean, like, it's kind of like in my relationship with my wife. Sometimes I can be really, really, really productive one week. <laughs> have worked 60, 80 hours and just feel good about everything I got done. But I go into this weird mode, this this super, super producer ego mode or something. And it's it can really, she doesn't care. Right. You know what I mean? Like she, she doesn't care about all the stuff I just got done. If I'm going to come home with negative energy, right. you know, and I think that that's always something that's really hard to navigate in a relationship where you're both working hard. Cause I, I'm, mm. I can tell you guys both work hard. How do you maintain your chemistry as you're both working hard? Um, well, (laughs) we, um, we talk a lot. We call it robust dialogue sometimes. Um, so, but we, I mean, we've been married for a while and I always say like, we kind of credit a little bit to my parents work together and they work together very well. They've both passed away now, but we learned a lot from them and watching them be a team. Um, that sometimes when we get a little off, we kind of remember what would they do? Um, so that's yeah. a helpful kind of, we've had some guidance um, to see it modeled well. Um, so that's one thing that's been helpful. And then, I mean, he and I have just always, like we've just always talked really well. Um, and you you can say whatever, because at the end of the day, we've already decided that we love each other and that we're going the distance. So that while we're talking and trying to make sure that we keep each other's feelings in mind as much as possible, that we're different, that God made us different and we are meant to have different personalities and that he put us together on purpose so that we could complement each other so that when it comes time to, I am a procrastinator and I have a little bit of control and I am analysis paralysis and he would like jump off a cliff right there, right? So we're like, okay, well, when we're together, I need to jump sometimes and I wouldn't if he wasn't there helping me along. And then he calls me his breaks, right? Like he would jump off the cliff and we're like, wait, so we just, it's a lot of talking, a lot of communication, nothing's off the table. And at the end of the day, we know where we're going and we know our ultimate goal. So yep. I also saw, you, so you guys are part of the, the Reggie Brock Tuesday night group as well, that you guys are kind of, you guys are very intentional about your relationship. There's a Tuesday night group meeting right mm-hmm. now. That's like entrepreneur husband and wives. Yeah. From what I understand it, and it's like yeah. a Zoom. So we've group. missed the last couple because of like vacations and some other things. But yeah, we had been doing that for a while, and we'll get back on that. But we've well, missed the last being couple. Being intentional, right? Like it, it, there's a new layer of intentionality that has to happen if you invite yeah. your spouse into your business. Yeah. Like, oh yeah. Like yeah. I don't, I can't. It's one of those things I can't suggest. I like <laughs> like the way we've got it. Like I, I love 
I love being around my wife more often. That's good. She's actually really smart. That's good. But I can't suggest it. Most people, there's, there's, you're kind of YOLOing your whole life into something, which like, it's kind of scary. It's so I can't suggest it. I like, I like what we're doing, but. I'd like to add, like, we have a rule in our house. We cannot go to bed angry. Mm. You know, that's, it's biblical. Do not let the sun go down on your anger or you're going to give the devil a foothold. So even she doesn't like me to fix things. I'm a fixer. Let's go fix things. And you know, women, sometimes you can't do that. You got to let them process. So that was one that we really, really had to work on. It's like, Hey, you can't go to bed mad. You know, so that's, that's helped us, you know, a lot. I love that. If there's anything else from, from you, Dominic, I would love to hear any other things that, because I mean, I'm trying to navigate it, you know what I mean? So like, if you can, if you have any helping tips. Okay. Here's, here's a helpful tip for you. It's not happy wife, happy life. So many people confuse that happy life, happy life. It's like, no, no, no. It's happy spouse, happy house. It goes both ways. So Mm. there's my helpful tip for you, man. I'm going to make my wife watch this. <laughs> yeah, that was, he would say that sometimes. I'm like, well, that doesn't seem really fair. Um, so house and spouse rhyme, that didn't seem to work out really well. Yeah. Um, but one thing I wanted to say about the husband and wife things that I think is really cool, that was a complete surprise over the last couple of years, is we've had quite a few like men who were on our team or joining our team or whatever. And, um, I don't know if it's because they watched me and Dominic. I will take no credit for it, but I don't know. But all of a sudden we started having spouses like work together mm-hmm. on different levels. Some of them, you know, they all have different um, reasons for why they're doing it. Um, but we, the number of like husband and wife teams that we have now is kind of amazing. I think some of them are very like working together all day, like one's the back of the house, one's the front of the house for them and how they schedule and how they work. And then others are, you know, their wife might take a, a little section of Acculinks or something like that to really help them through. Maybe it's scheduling, maybe it's returning phone calls, maybe it's just reminding them what to do. But we've had, we have several couples who work together now, which mm-hmm. I was, I was kind of like, are you sure <laughs> when they would say that? But, you know, we've had several questions and been able to sit down with lots of them. And that's been really awesome just to be able to pour into like other people's relationships as well and watch them, you know, work together too. So I think again, when you have like that environment that you've created, then it makes it easy for other people to think that it might be doable for them as well. I just thought that was cool. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I'm I'm thinking of uh, right off the bat, uh, Jacob, Jacob uh, Fuchs, who was on your show. Uh, before him and his wife, Katie worked very well together. He's one of our green jackets. We give green jackets to all of our million dollar producer. Uh, So I I don't think Jacob could do half the numbers without Katie being by his side. So you you guys are looking to make more million dollar producers. I want to give you a chance here at the end to just plug the company and anything you'd have as a call to action. Oh, I'll I'll jump in. If, If we walked right outside our conference room right here, there's a quote on our wall where our bullpen is for all our sales guys. And it pretty much epitomizes who we are. And, you know, we might be kind of the freaks of the roofing world. So, cause we don't preach profit, profit, profit. This is what we stand by. And 
And this is, this is a quote from David Green, uh, the CEO for Hobby Lobby. So if you know Hobby Lobby, and it's in big letters out there on the wall, it says, this is not a family business that belongs to us. It belongs to God. And if you think you own what you have, you have huge problems. So that's what mm -hmm. I would say to anybody listening in is if you think you have, you own what you have, you have huge problems. Mm. Mm. That's good. And, uh, anything else you want to add, Sarah? Um, no, I mean, I didn't really think about that. Sorry. Oh, it's all right. You guys, no, just... uh, what's the dot com? What's the dot com here? Oh, it's, um, Fraser Roofing LLC.com is our Fraser website. LLC.com. Um, and the podcast is put on by hookagency.com hook agency all over social. So incredibly grateful that you guys chose to spend a little bit of your day with me. Thank you for having us. That's great. Man. Yeah. Thank you guys for being part of it. And, uh, if you're watching this, thank you for watching. Bye. Bye.